Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. Well, hallelujah, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Can I just say, this is so much more than some sort of liturgical acclamation. This is the literal claim of the Christian faith, that God in Christ has entered history, bore our sin, and now has conquered death once and for all. And in our society today, oftentimes in Christianity, when people talk about testimonies, they talk, it's all about them. You know, I used to be like this, but then I met Jesus, and now my teeth are white, and I've got lots of friends. And, uh, you know, and, and things are so much better, which sometimes, I mean, if you follow Jesus, nothing could be further, but sometimes your life gets a lot worse. But um, I want to share with you, because there is a testimony, and the testimony is always about Jesus. And I want to share with you today two important testimonies to his resurrection from our gospel reading today. And then I want to talk about this strange ending from, God, uh, from Mark's gospel and how God actually applies it to our lives. Now our reading opens up and Mark tells us that when the Sabbath had passed, three women, you have two Marys and a Salome, they went out to anoint the cold, dead body of Jesus with spices. This must have been a very difficult moment. Don't succumb to the arrogance of our age that says, oh, Those poor first century folks, you know, they believed the earth was flat. They clearly didn't have science, you know, and they weren't as sophisticated as we are, and so they'd believe anything. I don't believe anything I can't see. Gravity? Uh, But anyway, um, the gospel tells us at great lengths the agonizing death Jesus went through. Nobody then was confused They knew Jesus died, and the gospel tells us at what great lengths the enemies of Jesus went through in order to make sure that no resurrection hoax could be played or that the disciples could steal the body. St. Matthew, at the end of his account, tells us that the tomb was officially sealed by the Roman authorities and they placed guards in front of it stop any idea of grave robbery. So on this first Easter morning, the women were distraught, and rightfully so. The text actually illustrates how distraught these ladies are. They arrive with only, they arrive with only spices. They didn't think about one very, very important detail until they had arrived in the garden. Who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? Now, Jim, Ben, Nancy, and I, we've all been to the Holy Land, and we have seen these tombs, and the stones that roll in front of them are extremely heavy. Some of them can oftentimes weigh up to 2,000 pounds. The stone that sealed that tomb, they couldn't move it. And death until this moment was 100%. 
These women had arrived to anoint Jesus' body so that his his body would decompose properly. Yet Mark tells us when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. This is my first point. And there's this amazing scene in the Old Testament when God asks the prophet Ezekiel. He says, Son of man, can these dry bones live? The testimony of Jesus' tomb is absolutely. For the stone was rolled back not so Jesus could get out, but rather it was a testimony that the grave had been conquered. The stone was rolled back as a testimony that death is no longer the rule. And my brothers and sisters, that's why we're here. Because it changes absolutely, positively everything. However, if you're following the text closely, there's still not a trumpet fanfare. You know, they don't walk in and it's like, bop, 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 and lilies all emerge. You know, it's like, great. No, there's no Hail Thee Festival Day. No. In fact, Mark keeps it really mellow. You know, they walk in and they're not greeted with a mystical experience, but rather a man who says to them essentially, and we know this man's an angel from Matthew and Luke's account, they walk in and there's this man. And he says, why are you amazed? Jesus is risen. Tell the disciples and Peter, He goes ahead of you to Galilee, just as he said, just as he told you. If Mark was the only gospel, our Easter acclamation today would be, Alleluia, Jesus is raised. And your response would be, just as he told you, Alleluia. And I'd say thank you, because I forget all the time. But it's in that statement just as he told you, the women and all of us are given a glimpse of hope, something we can hang our entire lives on, the good, but especially the bad and the ugly. Because everything Jesus had said would happen, did happen. Everything Jesus' life was pointing to came to pass just as he told you. And what did he tell them? Well, he told them lots of things that came to pass. But three times, he said, the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. This is my second point. St. Mark's Gospel ends the way you and I actually experience the Gospel. This is very important because as we merge out of this pandemic, you watch, all sorts of like weird kind of mysticism is going to emerge. All sorts of new religion. But you and I experience the Gospel the same way these women experience the Gospel. Not with touch and sight, 
not with some sort of mystical experience, but with a testimony. Just as he told you. And the testimony of the man in that tomb reminds the women and all of us, just as Ben always preaches, Christ is no liar. This is why I love how Mark's gospel ends. Oftentimes in the midst of our doubts, in the midst of our fears and our struggles, in the midst of death, you don't get bells and whistles. You don't get mystical experiences. Sometimes it's quiet. And this is why you get a testimony, just as he told you. And praise God, it's all you need, because it's based on the sure word and promise of Jesus Christ. Sealed in his blood for you. Confirmed in his resurrection from the dead for you. And because of that, come what may, unlike the women in this moment, you and I have nothing to fear. I love that the man tells the women that Jesus is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. This is God's application of the gospel to them and God's application to the gospel to us. And so in order to understand how this practically speaks to us, you have to understand briefly how Mark's gospel was historically read. Now Mark's gospel dates to roughly 60 AD, about 30 years after Jesus. And so in those early Christian communities, this is all you had. And so like those first disciples, you would go back to Galilee, just as he told you. But what if now you're a disciple living in Syria, and it's 81 AD? Or what about now you're a disciple living in New York City, and it's 2021 AD? Well, you'd go back to Galilee to meet Jesus. But how would you do that? Well, you'd go back to chapter 1, where in verse 9, the testimony by the Apostle Mark, you're told that Jesus arrives from Galilee to be baptized by John. And you read there the Spirit descends upon him and that he is the well-beloved Son with whom God is pleased. And then you'd begin to read about how he's pushed out into the desert where he resists the temptation where we all fail. And then you begin to read about his miracles that confirm who Jesus is as the Son of God. And then you read about Jesus predicting his death and resurrection. And that in him the kingdom of God has now come near you. And then you'd hear about him transfigured on a mount with Moses and Elijah, pointing to him, confirming that he is the fulfillment of all the law and the prophets. And then you'd follow him to Jerusalem, where just as he said, he's betrayed, handed over, killed. And then you'd come to a tomb, an empty tomb. And there you'd begin to wonder, maybe, just maybe, you might be forgiven by God. Death might not be the end of you as well. And in him, 
you might also be a child of God, in whom God is well pleased. So you go back to chapter 1, and you hear it over and over and over and over again. And soon, because of the Spirit working through this word, you drop the maybe and the might. And by faith, you begin to confess Jesus' tomb is empty, just as it said it would be. And because of this, you are forgiven by God. Because of this, death is not the end for you. And you are a child of the living God, with whom God, by virtue of his Son, is well pleased. And then all of a sudden you realize that Jesus going ahead of you is no longer about geography, but the point of Easter and Jesus going ahead of you is that in order to conquer all that stood in between you and God, namely sin, death, and the devil, and baptized now into his name by grace, you will follow him as well through death and through the grave and into that promised kingdom of everlasting life as well, where you will see Jesus face to face and not as a stranger but as a friend, and you'll hear him say to you, well done, good and faithful servant. Why? Because it's just as he told you. Alleluia, Jesus is raised, just as he told you. Alleluia. And this is my third point. What this testimony, what Jesus' resurrection tells you, is that newness of life is ultimately not what you do, but rather what God does for you in order to save you claim you and deliver you to a new reality where death is not final. And my brothers and sisters, we are there already. And come what may, it is my hope that this gospel, this testimony would so captivate your hearts and minds and that you would see where God is giving you the opportunity to share this testimony liberally with those around you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. God bless you all and happy Easter. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.